0: breaking news and information from the vatican to the white house and everything in between it's serious
1: it's fun it's your catholic drive time now here's
2: your host joe mcclain Praise be of jesus christ welcome back to catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired i'm your host joe mcclain so good to be out with you on this holy thursday ascension praise be to god may the 26th 2022 and it is a uh well it's a Holy Day of Obligation that's been pushed back to Sunday. But nonetheless, it is Ascension Thursday. We're going to have a conversation around why that has happened. Why has this day been pushed back to Sunday in the vast majority of dioceses on planet Earth, but also the deep and profound mysteries that we have tried so hard to wrap our heads around when it comes to the ascension, the very nature of Christ, and so much more. Coming up with Father Sam Medley, who is a priest at the Society of Our Lady the Most Holy Trinity. That's coming up at 35 past the hour, so stick around for that. But there are, like I say, tons of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, And I'm sure they are to you as well. Here's one. A new analysis shows an alarming number of teachers arrested for child sex crimes in 2022. That's very concerning. Elon Musk, of all people, has uh, also uh, come out and said, hey, declining U.S. birth rates are a problem. Maybe we should celebrate having children instead of celebrate killing those children. That's interesting. Hey, here's one you don't hear often. Pope Francis mandates. Ad Orientum at Holy Mass instead of Versus Populum? Okay, it's for the Surum Alibarians, but not the Trads. But either way, kind of cool. That's in the news. And then Cardinal Turkson, Chancellor for the Pontifical Academy of Sciences and the Pontifical Academy of Social Sciences of the Holy See, is at Davos rubbing elbows with the most elite and powerful people on planet Earth. So there you go. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. And you know what? I, I'm upset I didn't get an invite to go hang out <laughs> you, with what, the Davos you, crowd. No? No. Oh. Huh. Well, must have gotten lost in the mail. Must have. I don't know. Must have. Now, because of global warming, we're all taking private jets over there. Yeah. You know, but other um, than that, yeah. So I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be live tweeting so it so you can just follow hmm. my Twitter feed and you can live vicariously through me. Because I'll be over there. Cause
3: well, I, I have a mind. green jet. So Do you? Yeah. What
2: is a green jet?
3: It's um, is it specifically green? Or yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> does it win? Does it's it chartreuse. It run on, it's, uh, it's a chartreuse jet. Does it and, run on solar uh, power
2: and windmills?
3: <laughs> yeah. When you're cruising at a certain speed, it turns off one one of the pistons. <laughs> so it saves gas. I got it. Yeah, I got uh, it. You
2: know. <laughs> Speaking of saving gas, Adrian Funtzik is here on The Ones and Twos.
1: Good morning to you, Adrian. Saving gas? Yeah. Oof. 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 I wish I was saving gas. Uh, with these gas prices, mm-hmm. I may mm-hmm. just uh, become a hobo and live under the bridge. Really? How much gas I'm do you kidding. have in your savings account? How many <laughs> gas do I have in my savings account? I don't know how to answer that question, to be honest. Well. But I do know that I need to buy plane tickets to a number of weddings mm-hmm. in the next coming weeks. Good luck. And, and I'm like debating on what's cheaper. Getting plane tickets, or walking, or, d- walking or driving. <laughs> hey, I got like, a news is, article is, for you here on that. Oh no! <laughs> it, is it over? Is it actually over? Yes. You know, I was watching a truck
2: driver on YouTube talk about this just uh, yesterday. It said, uh, you know, there's never been a time since 2010. I think he said since 2010, where the the rates that truckers get paid has been so low. And the gas prices so high. He says the trucking industry is about to be slaughtered. Yikes. Which is not a good sign for every other aspect of human existence because everything we enjoy usually comes on a truck. Hmm. So there's that piece of good news. Maybe they're just
3: priming us to uh, make the robots drive the trucks. I don't know. Is do, that you that remember, what do you is, remember
2: that <laughs> a couple years ago? Robotic. <laughs> make uh, the robots trucks. Great again. I can't wait. All right. Well, at any rate. We are going to have a very inspiring and good conversation about uh, the ascension of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on this Ascension Thursday with Father Sam, as I said, coming up at 35 past the hour. Stick around for that. Let's pray. Let's dive in and get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy
3: Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Ascension Thursday. Here's a roundup of your headlines. Axios reports Biden officials in Saudi Arabia for talks on oil. Two of President Biden's senior advisors are on a secret trip to visit Saudi Arabia. Not so secret now for talks about a possible arrangement between Saudi Arabia, Israel, and Egypt a deal to increase oil production, and Washington and Riyadh's bilateral relationship. Biden once vowed to make Saudi Arabia a pariah, and relations have been strained over a number of issues, including the kingdom's human rights record. The Saudis have so far stuck to their agreement with Russia over oil production levels, but this agreement is due to expire in September, which could create an opening for a deal with the U.S. for future oil production. LifeSite reports global elites ran a monkey pox simulation just a year just last year with virus breaking out in may 2022 elite media outlets around the world are on red alert after the world's first ever global outbreak of mon- monkeypox in mid may 2022 just one year after an international biosecurity conference in munich held a simulation of a global pandemic involving an unusual strain of monkeypox beginning in mid may Monkeypox was first identified in 1958, but there has never been a global monkeypox outbreak outside of Africa until now, in the exact week of the exact month predicted by the biosecurity folks in their pandemic simulation. Breitbart reports Gavin Newsom's electric car mandate will put 32,000 mechanics out of work. Throughout the economy, an estimated 64,000 jobs will be lost because of the mandate, according to the California Air Resources Board's calculations. On the other hand, an estimated 24,000 jobs would be gained in other sectors, so the estimated net loss is 39,800 jobs, a minimal amount across the state's entire economy by 2040. But no single workforce in the state would be hurt more than the auto mechanics. California has about 60,000 auto service technicians and mechanics, and more than half of those jobs would be lost over the next two decades if mandates go into effect, the Air Board calculates. And the Daily Wire reports summer canceled. Inflation kills vacations, as in summer camps, for kids of whole finds. When asked, they also found that inflation is altering the way that Americans live. When asked, uh, has re- recent inflation, that's increases in prices of gas, groceries, etc., caused you to change any of your plans? For what your children will do this summer, 57% of those surveyed said yes, and 37% said no. As for being able to spend time with kids, 26% answered yes to the question, I won't be able to stay home with my children because I need to work extra hours. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you.
1: The saint of the day is Saint Mariana de Jesus de Pareras. I apologize, my Spanish is terrible. But... This is not Sister Mar- Mariana related to Our Lady of Good Success. This is a totally different one, just FYI. She was born Mariana de Paredas Flores y Granobiles y Jarmeo in the city of Quito, then part of the Viceroyalty of Peru, on October 31, 1618. Born of aristocratic parents on both sides of her family, her father was Harnimo de Paredas Flores y Granobiles, a nobleman of Toledo, and her mother was Mariana Jarmeo, a descendant of one of the leading conquistadors. Mariana was the youngest of eight children, and it is claimed her birth was accompanied by the most unusual phenomena in the heavens, clearly connected with the child and judicially attested at the time of the process of her beatification. Orphaned at the age of four, she was taken in and raised by her older sister, Harnima de Paredas, and the, and her, and the latter's husband, Cosmo de Caso. Drawn to a spiritual life, her sister and brother-in-law allowed her to live in seclusion in their house, leading an ascetical lifestyle similar to that of Rose of Lima, to whom she is often compared. She refused to entry into a monastery despite urgings from her brother-in-law and guardian Cosmo de Caso. She subjected herself to bodily mortification with the aid of her Indian servant, she did not live in total seclusion, but rather centered her spiritual life on the nearby Jesuit church, where she participated in the Sodality of Our Lady, established by the Society and their various churches around the world to help the laity in their desire to deepen their spiritual lives. It is reported that the fast which Paredas kept was so strict that she took scarcely an ounce of dry bread every eight or ten days. Not hours. The food which miraculously sustained her life as in the case of Catherine of Siena and Rose of Lima, was, according to the sworn testimony of many witnesses, the Eucharist alone, which she received every morning at Mass. She, the, her spiritual life was closely connected to the Jesuits, but at the suggestion of her spiritual director, she became a member of the Third Order of St. Francis. This was likely advised to her as enrolling in that order gave her an official status reflective of her, her penitential way of life in Spanish society for which the Jesuits had no equivalent. The religious name she assumed at the time was Mariana of Jesus, which was no doubt indicative as to where her spiritual heart lay. According to her Jesuit hagiographer, she did not go to the Franciscan church to receive the scapular and rope censure proclaiming membership in that life, but sent someone else. Following her death in 1645, her funeral and burial were held in the Jesuit church the funeral sermon was the priest Alonso de Rojas preached and emphasized her bodily mortification and renunciation of the flesh, and put her forward as a model for females in Quito to emulate, saying, quote, learn girls of Quito from your fellow countrywoman to prefer holiness over beauty, virtues over ostinations. Saint Mariana de Jesus de Paredes pray for us. Praise be to God in all
2: things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 24 verses 46 through 53. Jesus said to his disciples, "Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things." And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, raised his hands, and blessed them. And as he blessed them, he parted from them and was taken up into heaven. They did him homage and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy And they were continually in the temple praising God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Saint Bede would say, Christ lay two nights in the tomb to rescue man from the twofold death of sin. For souls die spiritually on account of sin, and bodies die physically as a penalty for sin. Victorious on the third day, Christ now raises our souls to new life in grace and will later raise our bodies in glory. Close quote. Saint Bede, pray for us. Eusebius says, But if those things which Christ foretold are already receiving their accomplishment and his word is perceived by a seeing faith to be living and effectual throughout the world, It is time for men not to be unbelieving towards him who utter that word. For it is necessary that he should live a divine life, whose living works are shown to be agreeable to his words. And these indeed have been fulfilled by the ministry of the apostles. Hence, he adds, But ye are witnesses of these things, that is, of my death and resurrection. Close quote. Eusebius. You know, the Ignatius got commentary pointed out a diversity of Old Testament background in this passage today, especially on the third day. It says, quote number one, Isaac was for three days under a death sentence until God intervened to give him back alive, to give him back to Abraham alive on the third day. This was a historical preview of Jesus' rising to new life after obeying his father unto death. Uh, you can find more on that in Genesis 22 and Hebrews 11. Uh, point number two: the experience of Jonah coming forth from a whale after three days in its stomach foreshadows Christ emerging from the grave after three days in the earth. John chapter 1 verse 17 and Matthew 12:40. Point number three. Hosea depicts Israel's restoration from exile as a three-day restoration, Hosea 6-2. Since the Messiah represents Israel in the fullest sense, embodying both its vocation and destiny, Christ's own resurrection initiates the resurrection of Israel from a state of spiritual death in Romans 11. And more generally, the three days motif is linked with a prelude to divine liberation and a period of preparation before meeting the Lord. Exodus 19, Catechism of the Catholic Church, 702 and 1094. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next
4: men it's time the men's march to end abortion and rally for personhood is saturday june 11th the weekend before father's day from 12 to 3 p.m in tallahassee florida men gather at 12 p.m for the march all women children and families join us for the 2 p.m rally at the florida state capitol you are needed every life matters join us on june 11th in tallahassee for more information go to themensmarch.com
0: Atheists claim theists are essentially no different than atheists because we reject gods too, such as Greek and Roman gods. But this is plain absurdity. What's our reason? First, it's an abuse of language. A theist believes in at least one god. An atheist doesn't believe in any god. They're mutually exclusive terms. To say a theist is an atheist to most gods is like saying a married man is a bachelor to most women. Second, it's bad reasoning. To say I'm an atheist because I reject some gods is like saying I'm an anarchist, one who rejects all forms of government because I reject communism and fascism, some forms of government. But that's silly. So the claim that atheists and theists are no different doesn't hold water. I'm Carlo Brusard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com.
2: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you on this Ascension Thursday. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we will in fact plumb the depths of the mysteries of the Ascension. Are we, there will be nothing left to understand or know. Okay, that may not be true. But nonetheless, we are going to have a great, interesting and inspiring conversation with Father Sam Medley from the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, coming up at 35 past the hour to talk about Ascension and the mysteries associated with that. So stick around for that if you can. But there are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you. Now let me just tell you really quick, set this up. Back in 2001, the Boston sex abuse scandal broke. And it was shocking to me, because I was pretty much a... A brand new Catholic, I had come into the church in 99, and so by 2001, this was breaking the headlines, and I thought, what have I got myself into? This is insane. What have these priests done? This is not good. And then, you know, as the studies and as the information came out over the years, I remember seeing all of these, uh, this research basically said the Catholic Church, in fact, did not abuse at a higher rate than other segments of society. So when compared to other segments of society, the Catholic Church was not a worse offender, not making excuses, okay? I feel like guilty parties need to be justly punished. But nonetheless, they weren't in fact worse abusers than say, Uh, firefighters, or evangelicals, or Jews, or what have you. However, the worst offenders were usually always relatives of children. But school teachers did offend at a higher rate. And so I saw this article the other day and I've been waiting on this, and so I thought I'd share it with you today. This is out of the blaze. The headline says: New analysis shows an alarming number of teachers arrested for child sex crimes in 2022. Now I'll say this before I read you the article: Of course, most teachers are great. They're hardworking. They take their craft seriously. They take their children seriously. That they're trying to educate. And, uh, and they are not up to crazy and shenanigans. However, I think we can all agree we have seen a number of cases in recent years where our kids are under some, some risk by going to school. There's agendas and a whole lot of things going on there that as parents, we are waking up the hard way to finding out that our kids are undergoing grooming and other problems. So let me read a little bit of this article to you out of the blaze. It says, Fox News analyzed local news stories regarding arrests of teachers and teachers' aides for child sex-related crimes between January January 1st and May 13th. Shockingly, the news outlet recorded 135 educators being arrested in that brief time frame of 132 days which equates to an average of more than one teacher arrested for a child sex crime per day. According to the research, the offenders were overwhelmingly men. 102 male teachers were charged, accounting for 76% of all the crimes against children. Of the 135 teachers and aides accused of committing sexual crimes against children, there were 102 cases involving students, 30 not involving students, and 13 instances where the victim was unknown. Of the 135 arrested educators, there were 117 teachers, 11 teachers aides, and 7 substitute teachers according to the analysis. There isn't much data on the uh, prevalence of inappropriate relationships between teachers and students. But a 2014 report by the Government Accountability Office, GAO, stated, quote, The prevalence of sexual abuse by school personnel remains unknown, in part because some cases undergo or go unreported. Further, the term sexual abuse may not capture the full spectrum of the issue. Close quote, the report warned how grooming makes outing teachers difficult. Quote, while, while child sexual abuse typically refers to the criminal act of forcing a child to engage in sexual activity with the, the perpetrator, other inappropriate behaviors with children may eventually lead to sexual abuse, close quote, the GAO report stated, going on to say, quote, for example, while not generally criminal, behaviors often referred to as grooming may be carried out by the perpetrator with the aim of establishing trust to facilitate future sexual activity with the child. Close quote. A report conducted by the U.S. Department of Education in 2004 found that 18% of K-12 through 12 students claimed they experienced sexual misconduct by a teacher at some point. The Office of Justice Program's National Criminal Justice Reference Service reported, well, that's a mouthful, isn't it? They reported that there were 459 cases of school employee sexual misconduct that attracted media coverage in 2014, Close quote, based on data from the Stop Educator Sexual Abuse Misconduct and Exploitation. Boy, where do we come up with the names of all of this? There were 96 cases that did not involve a student but were carried out on a minor. The report goes on and showed that seven percent of eighth of through eleventh grade students claimed to have experienced physical sexual conduct contact rather from a school staff member. There were ten percent of students who alleged they experienced sexual misconduct, such as being shown pornography or being subjected to sexually explicit language and ex, exhibitionism. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's play in the numbers, right? You send your kid to school. Maybe your kid goes to a good school, right? Not unlike those terrible inner city schools that the poor family's got to deal with. No, you send your kid to a great suburban school or maybe even a private school. Who knows? Still, 7% of the student body are going to be abused. 10% will experience grooming-like behavior. How do you know your kid's not in that category? How do you know? There was that story of that, uh, that mom in Colorado who found out the hard way that the art teacher of her daughter was pressuring her to go to a, uh, a GSA meeting labeled Art Club after school only to discover they were pressuring her to consider herself transgender. And then when she tried to complain about it, she basically got showed uh, the door. Thank you, but no thank you. Not even the school board was interested in getting involved. Well, here's another story out of the blaze, and the headline reads, Iowa High School says drag show was unapproved and under investigation after video goes viral online. And the pictures are horrific. Videos from a drag show performance at an Iowa high school went viral online on Tuesday, prompting the school to announce an investigation into the incident. Quote, the district has been made aware of an unauthorized performance that took place yesterday after school at an, an, an Ankeny, Ankeny High School. Hopefully I said that somewhat correct. Read the statement from the school uh, on Facebook. It says, quote, as a part of the Gay-Straight Alliance, GSA, College you is that's just like the one in Colorado where that lady's daughter went to art club and was pressured to be considered transgender. Interesting. As a part of the Gay-Straight Alliance uh, Club's end-of-year meeting, performers from the Central Iowa Youth Pride pageant were invited to share a drag performance. While the GSA is an approved school club, this performance was not approved by the building administration and did not follow the correct protocols prior to the meeting. Close quote. The statement continued quote This performance was after school and localized to the students participating in the club it was not approved by the building administration and is currently under investigation it concluded videos reportedly from the drag show were posted to the popular li- quote, libs of tiktok account uh, and quickly went viral and they're they're horrific the drag show was also documented at the Iowa Standard, quote, sometimes because of who I am, I don't really feel like I'm a man. Close quote. A performer reportedly told the students, quote, I don't always feel like I'm a ma- I am that I like that boy. Let me read this again. I don't always feel like I am that like masculine figure everyone uh, wants to see from someone that uses he him pronouns. Close quote. Golly, you is. Is it any wonder we send our kids to school and they come back confused, depressed, and, uh, and have issues in their life that they can't wrap their heads around? They can't seem to figure out how to deal with them because too often the society is pressured into affirming them in this scenario rather than help them deal with these feelings, this confusion, their hormones, and the like. Do we really send our kids to school to deal with these as if they're all alone and the only source they have is what their friends are saying or their school teachers are saying? I mean, parents are the primary educators of the children. That is Catholic teaching. That is natural law. And this is why parents are waking up the hard way, and this is why parents are having to get involved in school boards. This is why parents are speaking out. And parents from all political spectrums, they're not just conservative parents doing this. These are concerned parents for their kids that say we can no longer just drop our kids off at school and think it's going to all work out because clearly there is a major disconnect. Should there be a GSA club at your local school? No. No, there shouldn't. No, there shouldn't. And yet we're seeing this uh, is rampant all across the country. Rampant all across the country. Which is another issue. Uh, Elon Musk warns declining U.S. birth rate. We just need to celebrate having kids. This is, uh, golly, Jewess, Captain Obvious here. We live in a culture where we have murdered some 63 million plus babies in, in the abortion industry. We celebrate the gay lifestyle, which is a sterile, not life affirming lifestyle. Is it any wonder? That we are uh, now not having enough kids to sustain the society. I mean, we all knew that Europe was going down this way. I mean, Italy's past the point of no no return. But so is France, the UK. They all are. Which is why uh, the Muslims, the Islam uh, immigrants there, they don't have to lift a finger. They don't need to you know, uh, go to war as they used to do way back in the day, going back to the 17th and 18th centuries. They don't need to do that stuff anymore. Oh, no. They're having plenty of kids. And in America, we have become so self-centered. This is about us, right? I am the center of the universe. This is about me, myself, and I. I am the high priest, at the altar of me. Whatever makes me happy, however I feel today, I just want to feel good, and the whole world must affirm my feelings. Well, this is why we have 1.3 kids, but we have vacation homes, two and three car notes, a huge house mortgage. Got to have the side-by-side, the four-wheeler, the boat. Right? We've got to have all these things. We don't, can't live within our means. We certainly can't give ourselves over to having children for the glory of God to go forth and to, to be fruitful. There's so many problems in the world, and the only real answer to them is Christ and His Church. To live in a state of grace and to work towards the salvation of souls. This is the mission of the Church. This is the one solution to all our problems, to pray fast and to do penance. But we can no longer be silent in the grave injustices that occur in our communities. We must take a stand. You're right back. Don't go anywhere. Father Sam Medley and the Mysteries of the Ascension are coming up next.
0: From the University of Dallas, and ad seen on EWTN.
5: What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage.
0: Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu.
6: Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time.
4: The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com.
2: Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you, praise be to God. Joining us right now on this Ascension Thursday is Father Sam Medley from the uh, Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. Good morning to you, Father. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. It's always good to see you. Thanks for giving us some time today and being on with us on this Ascension Thursday, which, I mean, I didn't take a poll, but I can't imagine too many dioceses still consider this a holy day of obligation. Do you have any idea?
5: Uh, only two that i know i think this i think accurately is more like eight um i know something like the vatican city-state oh wow and yeah and uh i think like malta or <laughs> <laughs> really is <laughs> <laughs> <Just> not many
2: <laughs> no that's not many for sure uh let's talk about the ascension of our lord and savior jesus christ you know. In, uh, in the gospel yesterday, um, uh, from John's gospel, there was this uh, sort of promise that Jesus makes to his apostles about, you know, there's still so much to tell you, you can't handle it all right now, but the Holy Ghost will come and lead you to all truth. And, you know, and I find it fascinating because there is this period of time from the resurrection to the ascension where our Lord seeming, seems to instruct his apostles directly. And there's not a lot of information about what was said and what what was done there. Um, Have you ever thought about that?
5: Yes, absolutely. I mean, it it just makes sense that that would be the time when Jesus would institute all the sacraments. Because just like the Gospel for yesterday, he said, the Holy Spirit will take from what is mine and declare it to you. That means that Jesus, our Lord, had to institute the sacraments and so that the Holy Spirit would be able to represent them. When the Holy Spirit doesn't doesn't found any sacraments. He represents the actions of Jesus Christ as sacramentum uh, redemption, his sacraments of redemption. And that means that he had to have some time to tell them, hey, uh, as, as the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, number six five nine through six six seven. That's the cent- the section on the- Ascension, that he taught them the mysteries of the kingdom Um, and the mysteries, the the sacraments were um, mostly and and different things about the church, you know, instituting the church because the church is simply the representation of it's the mystical body of Christ. And that's how the Holy Spirit extends the body of Christ. And remember, the Holy Spirit makes present Jesus everywhere. So there had to be that time. Um, where Jesus would talk to them. And I mean, that must have been really, really cool. I would yeah. have loved just to be a fly in the wall. You know, just like, wow, that's like,
7: amazing.
2: Yeah. How Jesus, long did your you know, priestly formation take? I mean, they had 50
5: days. How long was yours? Oh, I had, I was in the oven a little while. I had 11 years <laughs> on three <laughs> different continents, 10 to different universities, four degrees, and yeah, I a guess. bunch of languages. It was a, I had a hearty, I don't, um, most of, priests don't have, have that, that extensive formation.
1: Are you saying the apostles didn't go to the
5: Gregorian in Rome? <laughs> 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 well, you know, the funny, that's funny, um, Pope St. John Paul II, in his encyclical about priestly formation, he said, priestly formation is being with Jesus and that the ideal is exactly that, of uh, the apostles being with Jesus and, and letting them be with him. Even that Privileged time after the resurrection because they had that knowledge, like, you know what the resurrection was. I mean, what the crucifixion was at at the time. Like, this is it. We lost. You know, Mm. like, let's give up. We don't know what to do. You know, Um, and they they got kind of scattered. And then he walked through the walls and with his glorified body and said, "Peace be with you." I'm and explained the whole the resurrection. I'm sure those forty days were that time of him, just comforting them, saying, "Okay, this is the way it works." Um, you know, I had to die, and then I had to rise again, and explaining the scriptures to
2: them. I often think about this time and meditate upon what was said, what was taught, and how amazing it must have been, and how deep and rich, I mean, the mysteries of the kingdom of God. I I mean, I think back to even Mark's gospel where, you know, he says, listen, I speak to them in parables. I speak to you in clarity. So where do we go if we want clarity to the ones God taught with clarity, his apostles, and the bishops that succeed them, and the priests that assist them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I imagine that they, like, okay, we're, we're, we're now past the Passion, we're past the Resurrection, and now we're into the deep waters of, of uh, the Kingdom of God. And it must have just blown their mind, uh, whatever it was taught. And I find it uh, mysterious and interesting to me because we don't have, like, any direct reference to this in the Gospels, like, hey, this is what our Lord said to us in between uh, uh, resurrection and ascension. We have hints, but we don't have anything explicitly
5: stated, do we? No, and, uh, you know, there's an interesting point that uh, Garagou Lagrange brought forth. He said, just as it is hidden, the time of the ascension, it's similar to the hidden life of Nazareth, where it was the ordinary daily moments of Mary, please pass the salt. Okay, Joseph. You know, like kind of like the hidden life of, of Nazareth was also the hidden life of the church where it's just like um, basic redemption being worked out through just getting along. Um, you know, and that, that vision of the Acts of the Apostles where they were all of one mind and one heart, um, where they, they served one another. And you, you can't really, you don't really write any of that stuff down. Mm. Like today, we ha- we had a meal together. You <laughs> know, I mean, like, you know, you don't, you don't really, um, it's just ordinary redemption being worked out through the relationships of the church. Yeah. Oh.
2: Well, uh, it's, I don't know, I find it very fascinating for a number of reasons, but let's talk about the ascension. And, you know, I think part of the mystery of Christ that the early church struggled with was wrapping their heads around, how can he be God and man at the same time? is he less than god the father is he equal to god the father i mean like all these are deep and profound and it's fascinating that mankind insists on have plumbing its depths uh you know sort of almost uh, it's kind of silly to think we could plumb the depths of such great mysteries right but uh, nonetheless we we've, we've tried and and so many got it wrong Arius, uh, the arian heresy for example and yet i wonder like in those days post resurrection prior to the ascension into heaven, surely he was present with God the Father?
5: Well, uh, so best thing to do, read 660 of the Catechism, a very good, very poignant point that um, kind of sums up that mysterious presence that he has risen but not yet ascended the Father. It goes like this, the veiled character of the glory of the risen one during this time is intimated in his mysterious words to Mary Magdalene. This is it right here. I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. This indicates a difference in manifestation between the glory of the risen Christ and that of the Christ exalted to the Father's right hand, a transition marked by a historical and transcendent event of the ascension. So I think those two words are pretty key there. Historical, first of all, he was sitting there, he was walking among them, he said things that could be recorded and you know could be understood, but transcendent. Like mm-hmm. it, it, and isn't that the basic nature of the incarnation? That he is true God, he is transcendent, but he is true man, he is historical. And I think this is the, the the key to understanding the mystery of the ascension is this exactly. Because it is a historical event where Jesus's body lifted physically off of the earth and into the heavens and into heaven but also ascension is a moment of the interior life because we live and not too many people ever ever talk about this the ascension is a mystery of the interior life that you live you don't just live the passion of jesus you don't just live the resurrection you live ascended life what is that well uh if you look at the readings for the feast day of the ascension, uh that's when you can really unlock them. And I think there's a whole bunch of beautiful things, especially um that reading from Hebrews, that's that's very powerful. And of course the uh the the gospel where the he Hebrews says he did not enter into sanctuary made by hands, a copy of the true one, but heaven itself that he might now appear before God on our behalf. We believe when we say the Apostles' Creed and that we are baptized into Christ, that we are baptized not only to his death and resurrection, but into his ascended life. In some way, mysteriously, when we say the name of Jesus, we are already at the right hand of the Father. Oh, yeah, I mean, that just blows your mind mm. that, that you can do that. I mean, that's, that's amazing to think about.
1: You know, Father, we have about uh, two minutes before we have to go to a break. Uh, but, you know, that just reminded me, you're saying how, you know, this is an event that happened. The apostles were there. They look up. They see him going up to heaven. And that reminded me of say a heresy that I had heard fairly recently. A couple years ago, I went, I was uh, dating a Methodist girl at the time, and I went to one of her classes. And the, the pastor there was making fun of the ascension. He was saying, oh, pfft the Ascension, that's such a silly thing. I mean, if, if Christ was was ascending into heaven, and even if he was moving at light speed, he would uh, not be outside of the galaxy at this point. Uh, how would he, Where the heck is heaven at? And uh, how would you respond to that kind of reaction, Father?
5: Yeah, that's kind of funny to make fun of mysteries that you don't have any clue about, um, that that not even angelic minds can penetrate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a, a silly thing to make fun of uh, something that is inconceivable. Um, yeah, Jesus physically ascended from the earth into the heavens and into heaven simultaneously, mm. and so deal with it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get over it. You know, <laughs> right. you know. And when Our Lady took her immaculate fingers and opened the earth at at, our, at Fatima, the three children saw mm. hell in the earth, and they saw souls rising up like leaves and falling. Um, you know, deal with it. That's the reality. Like, uh, you know, if you don't like it, um, yeah, y- you know, you're the one that needs to change, not the, not the mystery.
2: Yes, we want the world around us to, to uh, appeal to us from our perspective rather than God's. Uh, but to, anyway, we're gonna go to a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We're gonna come right back. Father say Medley, the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, and uh, host of an upcoming program on the Guadalupe Radio Network called Living. A Joyful Life is going to be our guest on the other side of this very quick break to continue our conversation on The Ascension. Don't go
1: anywhere. We'll be right back.
4: men it's time the men's march to end abortion and rally for personhood is saturday june 11th the weekend before father's day from 12 to 3 p.m in tallahassee florida men gather at 12 p.m for the march all women children and families join us for the 2 p.m rally at the florida state capitol you are needed every life matters join us on june 11th in tallahassee for more information go to themensmarch.com
6: Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com.
2: Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's good to be on with you on this Holy Ascension Thursday. Praise be to God. We are not in studio, actually. We are uh, preparing to go to Holy Mass on this Holy Ascension Thursday, but we've uh, pre-recorded this conversation with Father Sam, the Society of Our Lady, the Most Holy Trinity. Good morning to you again, Father. Thank you again for your time
5: good morning joe thanks for having me
2: we before the break we were talking about uh the the old uh get over it response to those that would uh question <laughs> such mysteries i like that it's good stuff praise be to god good apologetics there but um i've often contemplated what it must be like for people like our lady for instance who uh was assumed into heaven body and soul and you know others for instance what 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 is the beatific vision like if you have a body versus not have a body? And our Lord, obviously having a body, is there too? I mean, this is a mystery that also is hard to wrap the head head around because with God there is no time, right? He always is. Yet bodies experience time. So, any uh, insight into what that might be like?
5: Well, there's a very practical reason why you should meditate on what heaven could be like, even though we understand that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, has not even entered into the imagination of what it would be like, um, because pondering heaven gives you a very real motivation to get there. You know, you you really want that to happen. So it's a it's a great thing to to ponder what what heaven would be like, and we can learn some things from um, from scripture, but one of the uh, of course, the greatest doctor of the church on this matter is St. Thomas Aquinas, who points out what the four um, kind of properties of a resurrected body are. Uh, incidentally, I had a philosophy teacher who said, he was very, he pointed something out. He said, is St. Peter in heaven? And we were all like, yes, he is. And he said, well, correction, his soul is in heaven. His body is not in heaven yet. The only bodies we know that are in heaven are Jesus, Mary, and possibly enoch and elijah because they were assumed uh devon uh you know possibly joseph possibly moses There's, we don't really know but um the, the truth is that it's a waiting for the final resurrection of the body and that's what we say in the creed as well i believe in the resurrection of the body that there will be a day at the end of all days when time is no longer when time has reached its limit and there is a finite end to time to history when that ends then our, our bodies will be reunited with our souls. Until then, uh, I can't really tell you. I mean, I was laughing a little bit when you were, when you were saying the question because I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we don't ultimately know what the, what that's going to be like What our yeah. soul. Um, hey, what's it going to be like in heaven? It's going to be really awesome. I mean, uh, <laughs> you're going to be really, really, really happy. Yeah. There will be no more tears, you know. Uh, but other than that, um, yeah, you, you can say that the body, the resurrected body has four... Uh, properties, impassibility, mm-hmm. uh, subtlety, agility, and clarity, that, that it cannot suffer, it can pass through walls, it can go as fast as it wants, uh, according to subject to the soul, and then it's clarity, it's glowing, it's uh, like light. St. Catherine of Siena was given a vision of her soul by the Father, and she, she said that if the Father had not sustained her poor, weak human heart, she would have died of joy. It was a cathedral of light to see her soul. It was so beautiful, beyond imagining. Um, so that's a a good description.
3: Mm. That's amazing. You know, oftentimes we get so blinded with uh, our, our earthly experience. That's something that we talked about uh, on the show yesterday. is just being so so earth centric that we forget to meditate upon the eternal mysteries, the eternal realities. What's heaven going to be like, right? And one of the things that reminds me of, uh, well, we're talking about sort of in a, in a skewed way, we're talking about time, but it, it reminds me of uh, the actual event at the Ascension when the angels turn to them and they say, men of Galilee, wh- why are you standing here looking up at the sky? You know, in other words, go out, you know what you have to do. And I was wondering, you know, what, what, can, we, what can we do to, uh, to, to ponder these, these heavenly mysteries a little bit more in our day-to-day lives?
2: Oh, I think he got disconnected there. Father Sam, are you there? We're talking with Father Sam Medley. He is a priest of Our Lady of the Society of the Most (laughs) Holy Trinity. And it's kind of hilarious because... We're, we're watching him, looking at him through our Zoom connection, so we can see him while we talk to him. And it looks
1: like he's in seventh heaven. <laughs> it looks like he just got he ascended.
2: caught up do <laughs> <to laughs> the third heaven, as St. Paul would say. He looks so peaceful with his eyes closed. It's hilarious. Though. So perfect timing to be cut off. We'll, we'll get him back on here in a moment. You know, but the other, you know, one of the other fascinating things that I like to look at is typology. And, you know, in the Old Testament, of course, you had the, uh, the, the Shekinah, the glory cloud leading the people out of slavery in Egypt. A pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. It, of course, uh, it overshadows the tabernacle in the wilderness where the the Ark of the Covenant was. And it, it's just amazing, praise be to God. Uh, but we see that same sort of overshadowing with Our Lady in Luke's Gospel because she is the Ark of the New Covenant, you know, praise be to Jesus. And then, of course, we see that Shekinah again, at our Lord's ascension, when he rises into heaven, he is united there with God the Father and God the Holy Ghost in the form of that cloud, which is also present with Our Lady, who takes her up to heaven, body, and soul. And if you go back to Fatima 1917, you see that cloud again. She ascends and descends from heaven on a cloud, a little tiny cloud that is the Shekinah glory cloud, uh, the, the presence of the Holy Ghost. So I love the connections there, praise be to God. Hopefully we're going to get it back in a moment, though. Uh, but it uh, looks like his internet uh, uh, went out on him. But, you know, let's talk about the Ascension for a second. So Ascension Thursday uh, is not a Holy Day obligation in most churches. They, they moved it to, what, Sunday? Yes. Yeah, they, they transferred. Yeah, they, transfer they transferred, the transferred the to Sunday in mm. order to uh, to make it easier. I think, Father, uh, welcome back to the show, by the way. I see uh, you got hooked back on. Let me ask you this question. Why do bishops move the Holy Day? Is it a fear that so many people will end up committing a sin if they don't go to Mass?
5: So if it's still a Holy Day of Obligation. That means that anybody who doesn't go to Mass has to go to Confession before they are admitted to Holy Communion, if they miss. Now, because in non-Catholic countries, uh, they do not recognize that Thursday, they would have to ask time off of work, that would mean that it would become, not, not necessarily a heroic thing, but a difficult thing to accomplish. And it would cause a lot of problems for, um, you know, it just it causes a lot of problems. If, if it was a predominantly Catholic culture, mm. it wouldn't be a problem. One thing, for example, in here in Corpus Christi, Texas, they're trying to move secular leaders to celebrate the fiesta, like a, like a town fiesta, of Corpus Christi on Thursday. The, which is supposed to be, uh, just like the Ascension, a movable feast. Mm. Now, if the whole culture is moved that direction, it's a lot easier. But uh, until the culture is moved, um, it's, it just makes it very difficult. And you put people in a, in a, in a, in a precarious situation, um, by if they can't make it to Mass, they, they're in a state of uh, a sin because they've, they missed a holy day of obligation. Um, so we need just, to make
2: Christendom great again
5: is what you're saying. It would be great. It would be wonderful if if if, you could, if it were Christendom. The truth is, it's not. It's it's yeah. a post-Christian era uh, that we're that we're living in. Um, we lost the culture war, and we're you know it's not uh, not so easy to um, it's not so easy to to uh, you know claim that back. So
2: yeah, well we're down to a, a few minutes left with our conversation with Father Sam Medley, priest of the Society of Our Lady, of the Most Holy Trinity. We're talking about uh, Feast of the Ascension, or the Ascension itself, and uh, while you were taking a quick break there, Father, we were talking about the Shekinah glory cloud, and the connection between the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, and the New, and how we see this cloud again, in the Ascension of Our Lord, and the Assumption of Our Lady, and her coming back and forth, at, like Fatima, for example, she comes on a cloud, and uh, how fascinating that is, that mystery of the Holy Ghost being present there in the, in the form of this cloud.
5: Yes, actually, um, there's a, um, you know, in the Catechism Catholic Church, it even talks about that, that cloud, that it is a kind of sign or, or mystery of, of the Holy Spirit. And that's also on, the, uh, the, on Mount Tabor, for the Transfiguration, the Holy Spirit appeared in the form of a, a glory cloud as well. Mm. And it's, it's just a um, cloud meaning mystery, kind of mist. Uh, that it that you're you're veiled in some kind of mystery, and that's also um, the veil of heaven too. Um, the innerm- innermost sanctuaries, the holy of holies, is seen as a kind of this inaccessible light or cloud of mm. of passing, where the, the 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 body of Jesus enters into that veil, and we have access, therefore, to that mystery of that the cloud and that that glory, that light. Um, wonderful things to ponder. Yeah. Um, to raise your mind. I mean, the whole thing of ascension is to, to, to elevate you, to ascend your being. Um, the possibility of becoming a saint, the possibility of your body being risen forever and, and living, you know, the, the grace of chastity in your body. It's a, it's a bodily feast where you elevate, you hope to elevate all your passions, your mind, your expectations, your goals, everything. And it, to ponder these things really does, it lifts your mind to heaven. It's, it's a beautiful thing.
2: I think a lot of people today also—they assume heaven is easier to accomplish. They just—I think there's a there's a, a sort of a dangerous assumption that, you know, most people go to heaven and everything's going to be fine. But that's just not the case, is it, Father?
5: No. I mean, th- the truth is that people don't see that there's sin and they, a need for redemption as well. You know, if you, if you don't think there's such a thing as sin, and that's just the the theology that has been taught for so long, the errors in in seminary, that uh, doesn't really matter what you do, um, which is a kind of form of apathy and and therefore of the opposite of divine charity. Uh, Apathy, you know, the opposite of of charity is not hate, but but apathy. And it's like, you you know, you have so many mystics um, having experiences and so many references of Jesus Christ, our Lord himself, referring to hell. Like, not everybody's going to heaven. Yeah. Not everybody's getting in there. There's a real possibility of of your own condemnation, and you have to do what you need to do to get there.
2: Mm. And we don't become angels, do we, when we die?
5: <laughs> no. I'm sorry. You don't become angels. You don't get your wings. You don't. Um, give, I don't get my body's wings. Money's going to be agile. You can fly. I I, I want to go to Mars. I mean, when I seriously, when I when I when I die, I'm gonna go explore the universe a little bit. Say. Okay, Lord, you, you mind if I just cruise around a little bit? I'd like to see everything. I've thought about that, too, um,
2: but I wonder if I'll still care about those things rather than just adore our Lord of the Beatty Probably Israel. not. Probably. It's a lot
5: lesser the like, frames of sand than, than um, the holy, infinite majesty of God.
2: I am still holding out hope that our Lord in his goodness and his kindness will have Rocky Road ice cream available in the Beatty of the <laughs> And puppies. And puppies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God love you, Father Sam Metley. Will you give us your pristine blessing, please?
5: The word be with you. And with your spirit. Through the intercession of the Immaculate Virgin Mary, the Almighty God, bless you, the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God love you, Father Sam Medley, from the Society
2: of Our Lady and Most Holy Trinity. do will be right
6: back. Eve Gambo is a real Guadalupe radio listener. To help her explain the impact that Catholic radio has had on her life, we
5: had Rocky come in and help her tell her story.
4: Before I was able to listen to Catholic radio, I would listen to other Christian radio stations just because there was no Catholic radio.
6: Hey, you know, Mickey always tells me, you know, Catholic radio, you know, is kind of like having an angel on your shoulder.
4: Those other stations were okay, but I always felt like something was missing. Catholic radio is a huge blessing because it shares the full truth.
6: Well, it was like a wake-up call, kind of like getting punched with an uppercut. Only with the truth.
4: Please, if you have not made a pledge of support to keep Guadalupe Radio on the air, do it now. And if you have made a pledge, please fulfill that pledge. I want to make sure that I always have my Catholic radio station.
6: Yeah, make sure you send in your pledge. You know, you can do so by going to grnonline.com or 888 784 Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com
4: it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first in facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the pre-born at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to the Men's March.
0: Hi, I'm Karina. And I'm Betsy. And And we're with with Catholic Catholic Charities. Charities. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
2: of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity on the deep and profound mysteries of the Ascension. Great and inspirational conversation. If you missed it somehow, you know you could always pick it up on the podcast. Download our mobile app today. Just go to your iOS or Android app store and look for the Guadalupe Radio Network. You can listen to the app or to the podcast right there on the mobile app. You can also find it on our website grnonline.com forward slash cdt that's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We're going to have a great hour this hour. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos.
3: Good morning, Joe. Yes, that was a fascinating conversation talking about the ascension of our Lord. And uh, look, we've got to keep our eyes mm-hmm. off the cloud. Oh, I, gotta, think it, I think we got to go saying. out and uh-huh, yeah. figure it out. We okay, got to take care of our soul. We've got to think
2: about eternity.
9: Yeah. Today's
3: a
2: good day to start. Yeah, amen to that. I thought you were going to say you have to look to our left, and we look to our right. Maybe if you were and we look laying up. down, you yeah. look
3: left and right, and you look up Look, look up,
2: yeah. yeah. Praise God. Speaking of looking up, Adrian Fonseca's always doing that, mostly to the event right above his head that makes a lot of noise. But good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. <laughs> what, uh, where am I? Where am I? Yeah. This is in Kansas. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, wait a second. I was well, never in Kansas. Definitely not Kansas. I don't think I've ever been to Kansas. Yeah. Weird.
2: You've never actually been to Kansas? No.
3: It's as flat that seems as bizarre.
1: Houston. I don't really leave Texas much, dude. Kansas is a great place. I've been to Florida. Oh I've yeah. been to California. Oh yeah. I've been to Ohio.
2: There are towns in about Kansas it. where they oh, will annoyed. give
1: you free land. What? Yes. Nobody wants to be in Kansas right. that bad. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. Marquette, Kansas, is one well, such town. Yeah, Bye. They, they will give you
1: <laughs> they will give you
2: property. But you have to do a couple of things. You have to build on the property within a year. Okay. And you have to stay, you have to own the home or stay there Have as it, your residence mm-hmm. for like, I think it was at least two to five years, something like that. And then you can sell it. Well. Yeah. Well, that's it. Oh, yeah. I'll have to, someday I'll tell you the funny story of how I know that. <laughs> not, not today. Maybe in an after show. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, hey, we uh, we are going to have a great hour this hour. We have a good news story coming up. I think that we've we're long overdue for a puppy story.
3: Yes, and uh, I've got a really good feel mm-hmm. feel good dog mm-hmm. story for
2: you. Do you? Yes. Okay. Hey, now it's going to make you want to go out and yeah. adopt one. Praise be to God. It's always good to have dogs in the news. And then we have our saint of the day, gospel of the day. That's all coming up, plus a reflection. And then we're going to play Fear and Trembling, but here's the catch. The phone lines will not be open for this, okay? Because, in fact, we are not live in the studio today. It is Holy Ascension Thursday, and we are going to go to Holy Mass today, so we're off. The whole Guadalupe Radio Network is off today. And, uh, in fact, we are pre-recording this conversation so that we can still play the game with one of our CDT insiders. One of the benefits of being an insider is they get to be called upon to uh, to play the game in times like this, and today we're going to be doing that, so stick around for that. still going to be a great hour, and we're looking forward to it. How about we pray and we get started? We are, of course, keeping all of the souls that were lost in Uvalde in our prayers, praying for their eternal rest and for the families that are going to be so tragically uh, wounded by this event that took place. there. So let's pray in the name of the Father In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive
3: Time. And here's your good news story for the day. Yahoo News reports woman with dementia rescued after three days thanks to her loyal lab sparks. A three day search for a missing Texas woman led her led to her rescue thanks to a goofy and heroic laboratory retriever. On May third, Sherry Knopp leashed her black lab max and they headed out for an afternoon walk from their home in Katy, texas when they didn't return her husband and adult children grew concerned particularly because the 63 year old had recently been diagnosed with dementia they contacted law enforcement and the community quickly mobilized on may 5th two search dogs alerted to her scent searchers that evening picked up where the the dogs left off hours later they neared a thickly wooded area in george wish park in houston and they heard a dog barking. It was Max. In the wee hours of the morning on May 6th, two days before Mother's Day, Knopf's younger daughter, Courtney, grabbed her phone as it rang. Someone that was out there called me at 3 in the morning and said that they had found her. Courtney Knopf said I asked if she was alive, and they asked asked, send me a picture. Once she saw the photo, Knopf started calling family members. The Knopf family is elated to be reunited with Knopf and Max, who both received medical care before a joyous Mother's Day celebration together, according to Jessica Knopp. My mother is doing great, she said. She had a bunch of cuts all over her, and she was suffering from dehydration, but at this point, she's back to normal. Everyone's healed up really well. She's in good spirits. Max is also doing well, she said. He just uh, has a little bit of a scabber on his nose, and he had a cut on his foot that's healing up really well. Max, who's a three-year-old Labrador retriever, is typically a fun-loving, friendly, energetic goofball, according to the sisters. He sees you, and he's like, that's my friend, jumping on you to greet you, Courtney Knopp said. He loves everyone and everything. But he transformed into a brave protector during the ordeal, which included days filled with heat and rain. Where they were located, there's lots of wild hogs out there, and snakes, she said. And it was his bark that they heard. As they got closer, he kept on barking at them. <laughs> Fun fact, George Bush Park, there's also a lot of cool birds there. Once safely back home, Max took a nap that lasted almost an entire day. We feel like he was awake out there the entire time for three days protecting my mom. And that's really good news. God love you.
1: The same of the day is Saint Mariana de Jesus de Paredas. She is not the Saint Mariana that we would think of as uh, as in the one related to Our Lady of Good Success in Quito, Ecuador. Instead, it's the other Saint Mariana from Quito, Ecuador. She was born Mariana de Paredas, Flores y Granobiles y Jaremillo in the city of Quito, then part of the Viceroyalty of Peru in October 31st, 1618. She was born of aristocratic parents on both sides of her family and her father was Jarnimo de Paredas Flores y Granobiles, a nobleman of Toledo, and her mother was Mariana Jarmil, a descendant of one of the leading conquistadors. Mariana was one of the youngest of eight children and it is claimed that her birth was accompanied by most unusual phenomena in the heavens, clearly connected with the child and juridically attested to at the time of the process of her beatification. Orphaned at the age of four, she was taken in and raised by her older sister, Harnima de Paredas, and her later, her latter husband, Cosma de Caso. Drawn to a spiritual life, her sister and brother-in-law allowed her to live in seclusion in their house, leading an ascetical lifestyle, similar to that of Rosa of Lima, to whom she is often compared. She refused entry into a monastery and despite urgings from her brother-in-law, then guardian, Cosmo de Caso, she subjected herself to bodily mortification with the aid of her Indian servant. She did not live in total seclusion, but rather centered her spiritual life on the nearby Jesuit church, where she participated in the Sodality of Our Lady. She established the, that was established by the society and their various churches around the world to help the laity in their desire to deepen their spiritual lives. It's reported that the fast which Paredas kept was so strict that she took scarcely an ounce of dry bread every eight or ten hours. Or ten days, rather. Not hours. Eight to ten days. The food which miraculously sustained her life, as in the case of Catherine of Siena and Rose of Lima, was, according to the sworn testimony of many witnesses, the Eucharist alone, which she received every morning at Mass. Her spiritual life was closely connected to the Jesuits, but at the suggestion of her spiritual director, she became a member of the Third Order of St. Francis. This was likely advice to her, as enrolling in that order gave her an official status reflective of her penitential way of life in Spanish society, for which the Jesuits had no equivalent. The religious name she assumed at the time, Mariana of Jesus, was no doubt indicative as to where her spiritual heart lay. According to her Jesuit hagiographer, she did not go to the Franciscan church to receive the scapular and rope cincture proclaiming membership in that life, but sent someone else. Following her death in 1645, her funeral was a bari- and burial were held in the Jesuit church. The funeral sermon that the priest Alonso de Rojas preached emphasized her bodily mortification and renunciation of the flesh, and put her forward as a model for females in Quito to emulate. Learn, girls of Quito, from your fellow countrywoman to prefer holiness over beauty, virtues over ostination, said the priest in his sermon. Saint Mariana de Jesus de Paredas, pray for us. Praise be to God
2: in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 24, verses 46 through 53. Jesus said to his disciples, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, raised his hands, and blessed them. And as he blessed them, he parted from them and was taken up to heaven. They did him homage, and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hadock's commentary said, quote, "...like a second Elias, he was taken into heaven." but in a much more glorious manner. Elias was taken up in mortal and corruptible body, but our divine Savior in a glorious, impassable, and immortal state, where now he is our head, having taken upon himself the nature of man, and is crowned with more than angels' glory. What a glory this is for us! Our head is clothed with everlasting glory. So shall we... His members receive a share in his eternal kingdom. Close quote. Haydock's commentary. Praise be to God. Adrian, did you find anything? Got to turn the mic on.
1: Yes, the one thing from, or a number of things, I was reading the Sermon of the Ascension by St. Vincent Ferrer. He had a number of things to say. One thing he said is, practically speaking, when he was in heaven with the Holy Father, so many thousands gathered in the first street, that of the angels. There he gathered those who were in this world served him in penance, each in his own chair. The name of each was already written there, and to each was given their crown on their head. In the order of the archangels, he gathered those who served him in spiritual works. In the third order of the principalities, he gathered those who served him in works of mercy. In the fourth order of powers, those who served him in in great patience in adversities. In the fifth of virtues, those who served him in patience, not having ill will toward anyone. In the sixth order of dominations, he gathered the worldly leaders, rulers and judges, who with the great justice ruled communities. In the seventh order of thrones, those who love him and embraced a life of poverty. In the eighth order of cherubim, the contemplatives who had divine wisdom. And in the ninth order of the seraphim, those burning with charity for love of God. This is an interesting thing to contemplate on the Feast of the Ascension. Vincent Ferrer making the point that in heaven there is and will be a hierarchy. There will always be this hierarchy. And so let us strive not to just get into heaven by the skin of our teeth, but also let's strive to reach the heights of heaven. Let us uh, let us be martyrs. Let us be uh, contemplatives. Let us burn with charity for love of God so we may reach the highest heavens. And I think that's something to meditate upon today.
2: All right. Praise be to God. We're very grateful to verbum.com forward slash GRN for generously sponsoring our, our gospel reflection, giving us the tools to dive deep quickly into the gospel passage. That's with a V, V-E-R-B-U-M, com forward slash GRN, thank you. All right, time to play our game, Fear and Trembling. But as I said at the top of the hour, we are not going to open the phone lines today. We are actually not in the studio at the moment. We have pre recorded this because it is Holy Thursday, Ascension Thursday. But nonetheless, the game show must go on. So we do, in fact, have a caller to play the game, one of our CDT insiders. Part of the benefits of being on the CDT inside, on the email list, on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Join today. We'll be right back. Fear and trembling is up next. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have secrets and agendas. But you're not allowed to tell anybody what I'm about to share with you, all right? That's the deal. If you promise me, then I will tell you all of my secrets and agendas. But uh, number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before about the Catholic faith. Praise be to God. Just imagine the bragging rites at the next, you know, social gathering where you're able to espouse these wonderful insights into. Holy Mother Church, and then, of course, we like to have a laugh, and our callers tend to be amazing. They laugh with us, and they're truly amazing. We love that most, I'd say. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes this a winner for everyone involved. But if you're new here, let me explain. I do have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but the kicker is, the catch is... We do not ask the caller the question. So they don't even need to know. They might not know a single correct answer and could still win the game. And that's because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian. One of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. May the Sacred Heart of our Blessed Lord reign in
3: every heart and in every nation. June is coming up, and June is the month of the Sacred Heart. So to spread devotion to this heart, which has loved men so much that it spared nothing even exhausting and consuming itself in order to testify its love, we're giving away a beautiful Sacred Heart keepsake container. The Queen of Crown Shop offers a selection of... A quite large selection, that is, of of sacred heart and decorative crown reproductions. Many of their sacred hearts open to reveal a space to place a prayer or notes of gratitude and thanks, all in an old world style that lends itself to a rustic European feel. Please check out their website, get one for yourself, and throw in your home at
2: queenofcrowns.com. Thank you very much, Queen of Crowns. All right. Praise be to God. Let's go to the phones. Damon, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God. Damon, where are you calling from? Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. The yes. mighty metroplex in the north, the great north tundra
1: of, te- of <laughs> Texas. I, I heard that Dallas <laughs> is protected uh, by mm-hmm. a great and powerful mm-hmm. hero really? named Super Dave. Super Dave? Yep. Uh, our colleague. Our colleague, Dave Palmer.
2: Uh, Super Dave. He goes by... Uh, yeah. Jace Palmer. Jace Palmer was Jace his name. Palmer. Yeah. Our buddy Jace Palmer, otherwise known as Super Dave. His radio name up there. Uh, well, Damon, thanks for being a part of our program today. Now, you're one of our CDT insiders. You're always hanging out with us, so I want to thank you personally for being on the inside with us.
7: welcome. I love
2: it. Well, you probably, because you're an insider... Then you probably are very much aware of how tricky Adrian and Rudy are, of course.
5: Yeah, Yeah. no clue. Rudy (laughs) got me last time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. Trust me, but that's why I blame uh, Joe for everything. I am your trusty guide. (laughs) I am here to help you. I am on your side, rooting for you, helping you achieve your goals of getting all
1: three correct. Sounds made up.
2: No way. No. Are you ready, Damon? Are you ready? Yep. Let's do this. Yep. Praise Ready. be to God. We will start with Rudy, as our custom, our our patrimony, our tradition, approved through the CDC, by the way. Really? really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or CDF is it CDF? CDF? CDF. CDC. CDC is okay. Disease Control. was like, whoa. Well, that one may also <laughs> That's be odd. approved. That's But I this, this tradition is totally approved. Yeah. No need to fact the, uh, check me. The to CDF that doesn't it's exist anymore. Yes. They approve.
6: They approve. Exactly. <laughs> they approve.
2: Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yeah. Ready. yeah. Are you? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Let's start I'm with a super easy one. <laughs> super easy one. Uh, Rudy, can you tell me what was Saint Peter's name before Christ changed it to Peter? Ah, that's
3: a great question. So in Hebrew it's uh pronounced Golem. Go, Golem?
2: Golem. That that's your answer. That was his that was his golem. name before. Yep. Golem. 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 All right. Uh let's go to a uh a Hebrew scholar over there, Adrian Fonseca. That is me, currently identifying
1: as a Hebrew scholar.
2: All things Semitic. Can you Truly. tell me?
1: What was St. Peter's name before Christ changed it to well, Kepha? Yes, yes, of course, of course. Uh, just a quick correction for Rudy, mm-hmm. it okay. would just be i okay. uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? You've got you to pronounce it you <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like you're clearing your throat. <laughs> <laughs> K-H-E-M. Okay. Um, K-H-E-M. Oh, you're but, saying that's the name. Right, right. Oh, that that <laughs> he was saying. that he I was thought trying you were sneezing say. or something. But, um, okay. okay. No, the answer oh. I'm going to go with uh-huh. is Simon. 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 Okay. Uh,
2: well. <laughs> Well, Damon, you got choices. Sounds very Anglo. Adrian seems to think it's Simon or Shimon versus Rudy seems to think it's Golem or, as Adrian says, Golem. <laughs> 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Who's just clearing your throat? Damon from Dallas, what say you? Adrian. Are you, are you sure? What I mean, you don't want to man. think about it? Yep, First absolutely new- sure. <laughs> <laughs> Damon, I... I
1: I thought you were on the I'm, inside. I here. told you guys I'm, that Damon was a clearly a very intelligent and handsome man. I told y'all. I mean, they, we just I mean, confirmed it right now.
2: One should not be so confident in saying Adrian is correct. I'm just it's little house rule there. I thought you knew that, but okay, I'll, I'll give it's the you the spirit pass. of Rocky. It's the spirit I'll give of Rocky. You the pass on this oh, that one. one yeah. Okay, let's try for number two. Uh, this one's a little trickier, I'd say, uh, but fairly easy still. Let's go to Adrian first. Adrian, what is the title of a superior of a religious house in most
1: orders called? Hmm. The title of a superior yes. of a religious house mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. most orders. Yes. yes, That would be a magistar. A magistar. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. A Truly.
2: magistar. Mm-hmm. Sounds fancy. Hey Rudy, can you tell me what is the title of a superior of a religious house in most orders called? Okay. Well that's known as a prior or a prioress. I see where you're going with that. Prior are that, are that the prioris. only two options there is Yeah. So male or female is all we're gonna get out of you. Yeah, so wait a few years, we'll get a couple okay.
3: more genders oh, do you, in do you there. Think so? we'll wait, what about priorix? Priorix. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's not good. All right, Damon, enough shenanigans. Uh, is it a prior or prioress, as Rudy says, or is it a magistrar? What did you say it was? That's what I said. Magistrar, as Adrian says. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Damon, what say you?
7: I go with Rudy on prior.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Seems reasonable. Seems reasonable. Okay, yeah. Seems that's logical. Right. Prior or prioress. A magistrar is like a civil... Servant or some kind.
1: The magistrate. It's a teacher. The guy who is registers it? your car. Mag- <laughs> magistrate is like a, just like it's like master or uh, a teacher. Uh, the guy at the DMV
2: made me call him master. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's <laughs> Why did I catch that? All right. Okay. You're in for two. Praise be to God. This next one. This next one is easily the easiest. No, easily the hardest of, of all three. Wait, me. I'm confused. Is it hard oh. or Is it easy? Yes. Well, mm-hmm. Oh man. Yes. Okay. Are you ready, Damon? Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) I know that you are an expert on all things religious communities, which is why I think you're going to get this. Are you ready? Let's go back to Rudy to start this off. Okay, I'm really concerned now. Okay. Rudy, can you tell me, what is the term for a candidate for membership in a religious community? Okay. Mm -hmm. Close your eyes. I'm... Should I be closing my eyes while driving? And then look to the left. Oh, while well, eyes closed? Yes. Okay. And
3: to the right.
2: Eyes are still closed.
3: Okay, you're in a religious community. <laughs> Which one? Any, Anyone you choose. Okay. All right. right. Mm-hmm. And you want to join. And they say, you. Yeah. You? And you're like, me? And they say, yeah, you, hopeful. Hopeful, are you here to join us? Okay you want to go chop some wood? <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. are they asking me to chop wood? <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to like, chop wood. It's cold there. That's a thing. It's Wherever they you go, have, it's going to be cold. They don't have people to chop the wood? No. no. Yeah, the you hopefuls, are the people. The hopefuls do it. I mean, and that's what they call someone Okay,
2: so someone your answer is out. the hopefuls. Yeah,
3: the hopefuls. Hopefuls. Mm. I thought you were going to say may open
2: your eyes. Okay, finally. <laughs>
3: and they crashed. Yeah. They're they're already in wrecks.
2: The all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't close your eyes while driving. <laughs> all right. Hopefuls is your answer. Let's see what Adrian says. Adrian. Yes. Can you tell me? And you. Right. I mean, come on. I mean, you you were one of these. I was one of these. It's
1: true. So hopeful.
2: If you don't know, then I don't know. Who knows? But what is the term for a candidate for mm. membership in a religious community, sir?
1: Yes, that would be in Latin, a Mm -hmm. postulare, or in English, a postulant, and that comes from the Latin meaning to ask, because you are requesting, you're a candidate, you're Uh requesting entrance into a religious community. Because you're hopeful that you'll get in. Uh, Well, I suppose so. You are, (laughs) in fact, hopeful (laughs) that you'll get in, but no, you are called a postulare. Postulare. Or an asker. Really?
2: One who asks. Postulant postulare asking person hopeful asking person hopeful hopeful to get a good answer all right uh, damon is it as adrian says a postulant or a postulare or is it as rudy says a hopeful 15 seconds on the clock who is right who is wrong damon what say you mm-hmm.
1: I am going to have to go with Adrian on this one. Yeah. What you, do you, know, what you like what <laughs> choice do you have, Damon? Your hands are you tied on this matter. I too. Right? to. Like,
2: I like if you could, you would are go you? a different way, but <laughs> you can't because no one's given you the proper option. All right, fine. It's not your fault, Damon. It's not your fault. Please don't feel bad, okay? <laughs> do not feel bad. If you need a hug, I will have Dave, Super Dave up in Dallas come give you a hug. Despite the fact that he was reluctant, he did in fact get it right. Ah, <laughs> uh, congratulations, Damon! Perfect score. No, Wait, no, for curve. three. You didn't swing at a single curveball. I'm proud of you. Thank so you wise. Again for being yeah. a CDT almost did insider. You <laughs> almost almost did. Did. <laughs> well, okay. well, I guess I should pat myself on the back then for guiding mm-hmm. you correctly. Mm-hmm. Totally to blame for mm-hmm. you getting all three right then, and apparently. Yeah. At any rate. Yep. It was fun. Thanks for the laugh. God bless you, Damon. Have a great day. You'll have to tune in as you always do. I know you tune in every day as part of our CDT crew. But uh, on Friday, we will pull out a name. Hopefully, your name. Who knows? We'll see. God's holy will be done. And that is going to do it for the radio side of our show. Thank you all for being a part of it. Hopefully, prayerfully, you'll have a great, great Holy Thursday. Ascension Thursday. Go to Mass doesn't matter if the bishop pushed it to Sunday. You can go anyway. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you on Friday.
0: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station.
7: Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com
2: forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time.
8: chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Philip Neri. The intention for today's mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe radio. Jesus Christ is risen today. Alleluia. Our triumphant holy day. Ah, hallelujah. Who did once upon the cross? Ah, hallelujah. Suffered to redeem our loss. Ah, hallelujah.
7: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
8: And with your spirit.
7: Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty Almighty God, God. and And to you, you, my brothers brothers and and sisters, sisters, that I have have greatly greatly sinned. sinned. Lord have mercy. Lord
8: have mercy.
7: Christ have mercy.
8: Christ have mercy.
7: Lord have mercy.
8: Lord have mercy. mercy.
7: Let us pray. O God, who never ceased to bestow the glory of holiness on the faithful servants you raise up for yourself, graciously grant that the Holy Spirit may kindle in us that fire with which he wonderfully filled the heart of St. Philip Neri. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
8: reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. He went to visit them and because he practiced the same trade, stayed with them and worked they were tent makers by trade. Every Sabbath, he entered into discussions in the synagogue, attempting to convince both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul began to occupy himself totally with preaching the word, testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. When they opposed him and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your heads. I am clear of responsibility. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. So he left there and went to a house belonging to a man named Titus Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next to a synagogue. Crispus, the synagogue official, came to believe in the Lord, along with his entire household, And many of the Corinthians, who heard, believed, and were baptized. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. The Lord Lord has revealed revealed to the the
7: nations nations his saving power.
8: Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wondrous deeds. His right hand has won victory for him, his holy arm. The Lord Lord has revealed revealed to the nations saving power. The Lord has made his salvation known. In the sight of the nations, he has revealed his justice. He has remembered his kindness and his faithfulness toward the house of Israel. The The Lord Lord has has revealed revealed to the the nations saving power. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation by our God. Sing joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Break into song, sing praise. The, the Lord, Lord has, has revealed, revealed to the, the nations his saving power. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. alleluia,
0: alleluia,
8: alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. alleluia. I will not leave you orphan, says the Lord. I will come back to you, and your hearts will rejoice. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia.
7: The Lord be with you.
8: And with your spirit.
7: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John.
8: Glory to you, O Lord.
7: Jesus said to his disciples, A little while and you will no longer see me. And again a little while later and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, What does this mean that he is saying to us? A little while and you will not see me. And again a little while and you will see me and because I am going to the Father. So they said, What is this little while of which he speaks? We do not know what he means. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, Are you discussing with one another what I said? A little while and you will not see me. And again a little while and you will see me. Amen, amen, I say to you, You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will become joy. The Gospel of the Lord.
8: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
7: Oftentimes when we read the Gospel, of course, we have the great benefit of hindsight. We know what the full story is, and therefore it is much easier for us to understand some of the cryptic or seemingly cryptic sayings of Jesus, much more so than his disciples who were hearing it in real time at the moment, including of course the phrase, a little while and you will no longer see me, and again a little while later and you will see me. Of course we know Jesus is referring to his death, and then of course his subsequent resurrection and therefore the concomitant mourning and then great rejoicing and joy. But for the disciples or the apostles, they didn't necessarily understand everything as it was happening in real time and that lack of understanding could present uh, challenges for them in their own journey of faith. Similarly in the first reading we hear of some of Saint Paul's missionary struggles. Uh, We think of Paul and rightly so as being the great missionary and the great preacher and by all accounts Paul was amazing and astounding in in everything he was doing as a missionary Um, but it didn't mean that he was meeting one success after another. In fact it's always striking you kind of get the impression including in today's reading that the vast majority are kind of rejecting Paul and scorning him, reviling him and not impressed by him at all and then at the end you'll hear one name this time it is Crispus who he and his family converted and became Christians. But it isn't the other way around where you hear the one name of the person who rejected him and then the mass is all were, yes, we're going to listen to what Paul is saying and follow Jesus. It's precisely the opposite. The majority seem to be saying no, and then you hear people like Crispus, people like Lydia, um, who hear Paul's preaching and are converted. For Paul, too, we can imagine, and today, in fact, we see his own struggles and Paul kind of getting a little bit fed up as he leaves and he says, your blood be on your heads. In other words, he's kind of had it with the obstinance and the lack of ability to really listen and to be open to the words of Jesus that Paul is sharing with them. Suppose when we consider today's gospel and first reading, um, we also can see parallels in our own life, namely... Uh, we too sometimes struggle with a lack of understanding of what God is doing in our life. There are things in our life which are mysterious to us. There are things that we don't understand them as they occur in real time. And for us, it's only sometime down the road, 5, 10, 15 years, or whatever it may be, maybe less than that, where we're able to look back and say, oh yeah, now I understand what God was doing in my life at that particular moment. But as we go through in real time, uh, oftentimes it can be difficult for us to comprehend fully what is happening. Similarly, in our own efforts to evangelize, in our own efforts to be uh, true, authentic disciples of Jesus, uh, we also can meet up with struggles and challenges from outside, from other people, and also challenges from within. Further, we don't always get to see the fruit of our labors and of the work and ministry that we do we can put an awful lot into things and sometimes we don't even get to hear the one name like Crispus of the person who we actually helped or who we actually touched. And that too can carry with it its own challenges. I think when we consider these different challenges that we have related to a lack of understanding or obstacles that we encounter in the way or the difficulty of seeing the fruit of our labor and of our ministry, It really is a great reminder for us that at the essence of our life of faith and at the essence of the proclamation of the gospel is the capacity to trust in Jesus, to trust in the Holy Spirit, and to trust that the work of evangelization, the work and the fruit of our ministry, it is not our work, but truly it is the work of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we have our part to play, we have our role to play. But at the end of the day, we open ourselves in trust to God and say, Lord, let us be your instruments, let us cooperate with you as well as we possibly can. But we can accept that we don't always get to see the fruits or the outcomes of our labor, and we trust that ultimately it is your work, and therefore it will happen in your time. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us never be discouraged by any lack of understanding, of what God is doing in our own life or in the world around us. Let us never be discouraged of inviting or proposing Jesus Christ to other people, no matter how many uh, rejections that may lead to. And let us ask God to always fill us with the gifts of faith, hope, and love, that we would always trust that the Lord is the one who is at work, and we are merely his instruments, his laborers in the vineyard. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for his physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord.
10: Lord, hear our prayer.
7: We pray for all bishops and government leaders, that they would be inspired by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit in their decisions. We pray to the Lord.
10: Lord, hear our prayer.
7: We pray for the sick and the suffering that they would be given consolation in their faith and experience the healing touch of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord.
10: Lord hear our prayer.
7: We pray for an end to violence and war in our world, in our society. We pray to the Lord.
10: Lord hear our prayer.
7: We pray for our family, friends and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, for those joining us online or through radio, and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord.
10: Lord, hear our prayer.
7: And for those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord.
10: Lord, hear our prayer.
7: Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord.
8: Amen. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The strife is o'er, the battle done. The victory of life is won. The song of triumph hath begun. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. The powers of death have done their worst But Christ their legions hath dispersed Let shout of holy joy outburst Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia Three sad days are quickly sped. He rises glorious from the dead. All glory to our risen head. Alleluia.
7: Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father.
8: May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name,
7: for for our our good good and good of of all all his holy church. Church. As we offer you the sacrifice of praise, O Lord, we ask that by the example of St. Philip, we may always give ourselves cheerfully for the glory of your name and the service of our neighbor, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you.
8: And with your spirit.
7: Lift up your heart.
8: We lift them up to the Lord.
7: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
8: It is right and just.
7: It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. Through Christ our Lord. For as on the festival of St. Philip Neri you bid your church rejoice, so too you strengthen her by the example of his holy life. Teach her by his words of preaching and keep her safe in answer to his prayers. And so with the company of angels and saints we sing the hymn of your praise As without end we acclaim Sanctus,
8: Sanctus, Sanctus Sanctus Dominus Deus Abaod Pleni Celia Terra Gloria Tua
6: Hosanna in excelsis
8: Benedictus
6: Quiveni
8: te Domine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis.
7: You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our, Our Father, Father, who, who art in, in heaven, hallowed be thy,
8: thy name, thy kingdom, kingdom come, come. Thy, thy will be done, be done Quito this packet of money misery no more on your stay Quito this packet Quito Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love thee as I ought? And how revere this wondrous gift so far surpassing hope or thought. Sweet sacrament we Thee adore. O make us love Thee more and more. O make us love Thee more and more. Had I but Mary's sinless heart with which to love thee, dearest King. Oh, with what burst of fervent praise thy goodness, Jesus, would I sing. Sweet sacrament we thee adore, Oh, make us love Thee more and more. Oh, make us love Thee more and more.
7: Let us pray. Having fed upon these heavenly delights, we pray, O Lord, that in imitation of Saint Philip Neri, we may always long for that food by which we truly live, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you.
8: And with your spirit.
7: May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord.
8: Thanks be to God. Ye watchers and ye holy ones, Bright seraphs, cherubim, and thrones, raise a glad strain, alleluia, cry out dominions, princedoms, spires, virtues, archangels, angels, choirs, alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. Oh, higher than the cherubim, more glorious than the seraphim, lead their praises, Alleluia. Thou bearer of the eternal word, most gracious, magnify the Lord. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. Alleluia.
7: Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
4: James Pineda with the Catholic Organization of Life. You're listening to AM14.